This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel? Sorry, no. But angel hair pasta? Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Ripple Effect. Hopefully, you've enjoyed our first podcast of the week, which was myself and Lawrence McKenna and Lawrence has joined me in what we call block shooting, which means that we put two podcasts together so that you get to enjoy more of our voices mixing together. Okay. And this one, this ripple effect, now we're, we're taking our time to sort of go back through history and see what the ripple effects were from certain moments in time. Now, this one, Rip. as Lawrence does his ripple dance. First of all, this is from you, Lawrence. This right. was one that we did a live show to kick off the podcast. And uh, we got some questions from different people. And actually, you had spoken over uh, quite rudely. Such a great moment in the whole thing. Like, I, I was so excited to be at one of James's shows. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, give me the mic. I'll, I'll happily contribute. And there were two mics going around the room. And so at the time, all you heard from me was, and I was really worried it was going to make the final podcast, just big fan. Can I? And then someone else started talking. And I just thought to myself, and I had a good one as well. Well, we but got to, we got to you, though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, uh, look. Had to have you on as a guest. I really, really love what we've just spoken about. If you haven't seen, uh, seen, well, you can watch, of course, on you Spotify. Can, yeah. uh, the full podcast, we're talking about Carrius, we're talking about Graham Potter, mm -hmm. uh, Neil Warnock as well. Uh, go check that out. But with this one, we're going to dive into the ripple effect of Sam Allardyce Ooh. being appointed as the England manager. Cool. Now, we, we know that it didn't all end well. 100% record, though, to be fair to him. Uh, so after only 67 days in charge and 100% win record, Big Sam was forced to leave the England job by mutual consent. We'll all remember that back in, way back when, in September 2016, after the Daily Telegraph conducted a sting operation on him. Yeah, in which a pint of wine, uh, which at the time wasn't known as a mega pint, uh, was very much the the diversionary tactic away from the fact there was very corrupt conversations going on around that table, yeah. So it was almost like, hey, you're doing something pretty bad there, and he went, check the pint of wine, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, but have you seen, seen that? Yeah. Lad. Lad, yeah. <laughs> Absolute lad. Yeah. Um, so during this interview, Allardyce discussed how bypassing third-party ownership of players was not a problem. Mm. It turned out to be a bigger problem <laughs> than, <laughs> than he thought. Allardyce uh, explained uh, in the undercover operation how big money allowed him to get around the third-party ownership of players, something that is not allowed by the FA, who he was working for, of course. Uh, and in the same report, Allardyce was alleged to have mocked the England team selections. And that was obviously hot off the back of uh, 
2016, Euro 2016. Pre him, of course, not obviously. Pre him, of course. Didn't mock his own team selection. Yeah, hotly pre. Yeah. That's a thing. And uh, and Gary Neville uh, took a bit as well. And he was, of course, a, a coach with uh, Hodgson, who was the manager before. So just to give that wider context, I think what's interesting here is so much happens both from him um, leaving the job, but but he's got to get the job to leave the job. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to kind of go back a little bit. So first of all, I think, and this is what we're always going to do, is we can kind of go backwards and forwards with the ripple effect. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is the landscape of which Sam Allardyce got the gig. Right. Because... It's such a different landscape to <laughs> this to, one that we exist in. To the one, yeah, to the world we're in now. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I talk about XG way too much. We talk about expected threat now, things like that, which actually, to be fair to uh, Big Sam, what are we going to call him here? We'll just go Sam, Big Sam, Sam Allardyce. What do you want to go? We'll with? vary it. You can't just okay. use one throughout, but sure, he is sure. Big Sam to most people. So, yeah, well, yeah is it going to be like a, a newspaper article where it's sort of uh, larger than life? Sam Allardyce. Yeah, have you got to chuck something Motor in each mouth. <laughs> Yeah, um, My favourite one is Sam Allardyce because of his whole, I should, if I manage Real Madrid, you respect me sort of thing. Yes. Which well, is and, and this was his true. chance, wasn't it? This was his chance. That kind of felt, it felt like that bite at the cherry that he always wanted. It felt like the gig that was sort of made for Sam Allardyce because if he'd have gone to somewhere like Madrid, uh, you know, no, you know, which wasn't on the cards, which was never on the cards. Mm. But if he, well, not at that time. Uh, sure. Obviously, if he did well with England, mm. you never know. But he, he, you know, if he'd have gone somewhere else, continental maybe, and proven himself, I think people always would have had another stick to beat him with. Of well, you didn't do, yeah, you know, you didn't do it X Y Z. The England jo- job is so is so huge in yes. England and is so sought after at that time. I think that it it doesn't feel like maybe the poison chalice that now retrospectively we look back on it as I would oh, I would disagree interesting I would say it's still poisonous mm-hmm. it's all, I think it'll always be quite poisonous right because even if even if England were to win the next three tournaments the manager who comes in after that must win the next three tournaments right and even and in, and if we don't the next manager must win the next three tournaments. It's yeah. kind of that that pressure is always there. With this one, I think at this time, and I think it's probably you could say with Gareth Southgate, he's probably got a stay of execution due to the lack of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is a really obvious one, then then I think it would have been hard for him to to continue. But with Sam Allardyce at the time, and often you will see this, there's a constant ripple effect of whatever the manager lacked. Mm-hmm the next manager will have in spades and might be missing the other side of it. You see it time and again. There always has to be like a, a real difference generally with managers. For example, look at Man United. You had the chosen one in terms of David Moyes. Sure. And, and then you went to, was it Van Gaal after that? So uh-huh. you went, then you went kind of hipster mm-hmm. with Louis Van Gaal. Okay, we've done the hipster thing. Let's now get the serial winner. In Jose Mourinho. Okay, Jose Mourinho didn't work. We need the club legend now. Mm-hmm. Like you always, it's whatever the sort of gap is. It's different archetypes going both ways. Yeah. Right. And I think that was part of... One, there's a lack of options, I think, deep down. Which is understandable. I think the people in the that were options at the time were Eddie Howe and 
I think Eddie Howe, <laughs> and maybe it's going to be you know it's Pardew, it's it's those guys. Redknapp, if he wants one last bite of the cherry. Redknapp you're was about. very much on the cards, I think, at that time. As so well. Hodgson was... was the one that he was really really close with. Yeah, and then they gave it to they were safe, weren't they? They yeah. went safe and went with Hodgson. And there was still that need to fulfil the or scratch the itch of uh, Harry Redknapp. Yes, and I do think that was a big part in this. Is that okay? We've tried everything else. We've We've tried to be smart. We've tried to be sensible. We've tried to be um, get the best that money can buy. We've tried all those. We tried Continental. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Sven and Capello. Mm-hmm. And now we need one of our own. It was, mm-hmm. But w- the landscape is so important here because it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Now, and what you will remember, it was a different again, time, wasn't it? Different time. But it was a different time because time. if you think, <laughs> of, it, it was a different time because Leicester had won the league, and that season. You didn't have, uh, you know, Man City were, weren't anything, really. Like, Pep had come in and failed that first season. Man United were... Relatively. It was it all gone awry there. Mm-hmm. Liverpool were... Tottenham had, had had their opportunity and failed. Arsenal were all over the place. And plucky, incredibly quite British Leicester City. Leicester's quite a British place. But, and, but yeah. the type of football was very... It was very sort of... Um, it would allow you to feel inspired by Allardyce to a point. Sure. Also the fact that at that time there were other managers milling around in that space, like the predecessor to Ranieri, who's now escaping my uh, memory. But uh, called Oh, for let's see, Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson, sorry. Um, so he was probably interviewed. <laughs> yeah. Who probably, or there probably was someone consulted him as to who they should get. Nigel, do you reckon it should be? Like, these, you are an ostrich. Th- yeah. and But that's, Things like that, like that was the air. That was the yeah. the the zeitgeist of the time in football. Was that and and the point that I'm trying to make really is that Klopp's not Klopp. Then he's not there yet. He's still more continental Klopp. There's still kind of the question of well, he did it at Dortmund and that was cute, mm. but could he do it? Do you but, know what I mean? But he hadn't. Yeah, he hadn't. You know, he hadn't got them anywhere really. No. And Guardiola hadn't made Man City what they have become. So the landscape al- allowed for that a little bit. And of course, losing to Iceland, being terrible in the group stage, um, completely freezing. I think That's people Iceland. felt like, yeah, people really felt that they needed this Allardyce Alpha guy who's kind of bulletproof to be able to deal with. And when you were talking about sort of that poisonous element of it, just how poisonous that gig had become. Like who who would want it? The only person who would want it is the guy who's so patriotic and has such thick skin as someone as as Sam Allardyce but because also, I think people sorry just I, yeah. I think people because I think people look at back at it now going what happened there mm. why did what did because he's seen as a figure of fun I think for a lot of people but but partly because of the pint of wine partly because of uh the fact that he did lose his job there and that he didn't really get a redemption arc after that really mm. Um, not to a degree which was successful, at least. He got but maybe a few bites at the cherry. He after got put it. back in his box, didn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. And maybe a few people within the game wanted to see him put in his back in his box, or mm-hmm. if you want to use that as a metaphor. I guess what I think the FA's, and this is what I'm trying to work out what the FA's logic was, because going from Sam Allardyce to um, Gareth Southgate is quite a big shift. And when I was looking back at Big Sam, I guess my perception was that he was seen in footballing circles as quite a revolutionary character in terms of technical 
the aspects of technical football. So he'd spent some time in, the, I think it was the Tampa Bay Rowdies that he was with. Yeah, 1983 was there. But he'd seen NFL. He got quite an interesting, he got an interest in the technical side, the execution of how the game goes. Someone up in the stands with an earpiece on, you know, people reading the plays and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. He'd worked out how to undermine the big managers because he understood their systems, which is something that was very NFL, very NBA. And that was seen as where football was sort of going at that time. And I think the FA had this own self-perception that they needed dragging into the 21st century. Hodgson wasn't very 21st century. Let's just be completely honest about that. No. Capello was still seen as very early 2000s, quite a retro manager anyway. And the nostalgia of Italy was very 90s. The FA was looking to upgrade to this more modern, how can we bring the FA into this uh, at least decade, if not century, right? I think he was seen as part of that move. And when he wasn't... Do you, do you think he was seen as modern, though? Behind the scenes, I think. And I think among in management circles, people understood Sam Allardyce as more progressive than maybe he was portrayed. Right. And so he was portrayed as a, a, this old school guy. It, it almost like, he was like a, a modern guy in sheep's clothing. Or a, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was a Trojan horse of sorts. <laughs> and... and it, and that's where um, th that's where I think Biggs. I, f I feel like he gets a rough ride because I, it's unfair on him. I wonder if the FA were had become a sort of lower mid-table Premier League team themselves. Absolutely, and and they'd gone. Um, let's play percentages. Mm -hmm. So who's our percentage guy? Sure. Go on, give it to him. Give him the ball. Give get like I'm mixing analogies now, but it gives Allardyce <laughs> that opportunity to go. Look, we've tried all these different guys. Are you saying it was like a he can't be the last roll of the dice though, the last roll of the Allardyce. Yeah, be, yeah, he can't be. He isn't the last roll of the I dice. I think he will. I think he was to a point. To and and one guaranteed ripple effect here of both uh, him being sacked when he was, or sorry, mutual consent, mm -hmm. but also getting the job uh, is that Gareth Southgate doesn't get the job otherwise. If he has a good four years, two years, whatever, I think, let's say 2020, say that goes badly. Eddie Howe's probably got that. Mm -hmm. Is now is now the England manager because I think he was available uh, at that time. Or it was coming to a point where he would have been and kind of could have been tempted to. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is the ripple effect for Gareth Southgate? personally like him and his career if if he doesn't get that job and and ultimately if, if Allardyce doesn't get the sack because we're gonna we're gonna have a look at like how we feel they that Allardyce would have done as a manager and who would have played and things like that but what about what about Gaz so I wonder whether I don't think big Sam would have had him as like a number two or something like that do, do you know it you know who it is don't you you know it goes straight in well you know it's Sammy Lee Sammy Lee yeah, yeah. it was Sammy Lee just would unwrap the Werther's original can I, can I have the can, can I, I have the I'll do, I'll do assistant and, and under 21s if the, that's alright I'll take the pre-match um, <laughs> Sammy yeah he does the warm up he does uh, just no just warm up yeah. assistant manager that's what we do yeah well no there's other things you got to do as well Sam but to be is fair is that why you've got so many staff Sam so, yeah <laughs> Sammy Lee was at Liverpool was quite a figure for that. Like right. I remember my first game at Liverpool and my dad pointing out Sammy Lee and going, that guy's always done that sort of thing. <laughs> that is his thing. Bless you. He got bouncy, wasn't he? Yeah. Or ve no, quite. So bouncy. This guy was, bounciest. you could see the energy like bubbling inside him yeah. when he wasn't moving. And archetypal, you know, if Allardyce is archetypal manager, Sammy Lee is archetypal 
Number two. If you were to draw a caricature of Sammy Lee and Sam Allardyce, you would draw Sammy Lee as a small creature on Sam Allardyce's <laughs> shoulder, if that makes sense. Yeah, or, uh, or sort of a hamster in the little hamster cages you yeah. can get that Sam just walks around with. But again, both of these people, due to that time, were seen as kind of archaic, quite outmoded kind of people in society. But I think in footballing terms, they weren't as far behind as we like to think they were. Yes. And I think, again, they were getting quite disrespected because of the English perception of people like Sam Allardyce. But actually, if you look at if you look at it, I, I think that's why they brought in someone like Gareth Southgate, because the perception was it was this is the death rows of capitalist society. They needed to bring in Gareth Southgate to get some brand deals in. That was the other perception of it. They needed Deliveroo to sign. They needed to become more family friendly. They need. I actually don't. I think without the pint of wine, I don't think that Gareth Southgate is considered within that group of people because they needed someone who was going to help them wipe this reputation clean. Yeah. So in many ways, Gareth Southgate had his career supercharged by the fact that by the pint of wine, he was so much cleaner. He was. Yeah so whiter than white, mm. either, you know, to coin a phrase, than some other guys was. And that kind of comes back to what I'm saying in terms of that ripple effect of the previous manager. Mm-hmm. It's always what... So the one thing that Sam Allardyce probably wasn't, because no, the sting happens, mm-hmm. and no one's gone, oh, you're no joking. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... You're like, oh, well, okay, because... If there's eight, a, yeah, there's if, a bit of a ripple effect in the fact that... Now, Mike Bassett is a wonderful film. Right. Right. But Mike Bassett is is um, built upon a documentary called Do I Not Like That, Mm -hmm. which is about Graham Taylor in the early 90s. But what kind of... It made its way back round with Allardyce because I think people really enjoyed that film Mm -hmm. and would like um, Ricky Tomlinson, I think that's his name. Absolutely. uh, They would love him to be the manager. And Sam Allardyce kind of looked a bit like him. Looked a bit like him, sounded a bit like him. Like, if you'd have imagined... If you'd have asked AI to imagine... What that what the England manager looked like? Sam Allardyce is the thing it renders. Yes. So uh, I think there was all of those things are they kind of feed into each other. Uh, I mean, not exactly a ripple effect, but I think they do play on your mind with those those different things. Huge ripple effect, though. Sorry, that is a massive ripple effect from these previous England managers and a lot of great Northern managers in the past. They're trying. England are trying to tick a lot of boxes, whilst at the same time, change. Yes, and, and yeah, but also revert to the comfort of what Sam Allardyce Absolute, provided. Yeah. And so when Gareth Southgate like gets the job, he probably shouldn't get the job because, wow. and there there was a lot of resentment for him getting the job, mm-hmm. but he gets it because of what's occurred and because of the, the gap that he provides. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. otherwise, he's what happens to him? He is he's he's in a couple of places. He is he's at ITV. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he had done previously, or if he, or he's still at the under twenty ones, but we've already concluded that Sammy Lee would have would have taken that gig, right? Um, or Sam Allardyce would have had different ideas, and those two would have felt... takes it. So yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, you know what though? We'll get onto this. Okay. I think again, there's a ripple effect from Pulis onto Allardyce, whereas Pulis is it is a different kind of manager to Sam Allardyce, but those two existed in a similar era in the Premier League. And the ripple effect of Pulis is all other English managers that play relatively defensively are seen as low block, let's hoof it long kind of things. Yeah. That's not Allardyce. Okay. Allardyce okay. is not that. Uh, so Southgate gets it. I think the other way, if he does want to coach, it's, yeah, he stays, you know, he's a bit of a life, a bit of a Trevor Brooking not, not having to go at Trevor Brooking, but, you know, he likes to be a bit of an ambassador. Yeah. Or he goes... To, his next gig is as a football manager is, for, is League One. 
Southgate. Wow, I think that's what. So I, I was going to ask whether you thought he was a championship manager at that time. I think he. Can he I think what, he Villa. He might have snuck a championship job. Maybe Villa. But I don't think he gets. I think he gets. What does he get? I think he gets a bite of the cherry after Martin O'Neill leaves or something like that. If if at Aston Villa. Yeah. Like there's, but it won't be for long. <laughs> yeah. But he will get a bite. But I think that the longevity that he's had has been because of the slow nature of it at, mm. at England, and that's worked really, really well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, so Sam Allardyce, if he's able to stay, mm-hmm. all the good that Gareth Southgate did from a PR perspective, mm-hmm. which uh, which. Sounds again wishy washy, but I think it has huge importance actually. One ripple effect, I, I wonder if, and this isn't sort of a, a dig at Sam Allardyce, but I just think it was so, uh, Gareth Southgate so empowered his squad. The activism that you've seen. He put such emphasis on that that I don't think. I watched a clip of Sam Allardyce on Jeremy Kyle's show, and he said. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, so I, yeah. I've done some. And people want to pigeonhole him. I did a deep dive on Sam Allardyce, and it was Jeremy Kyle complaining about players taking the knee. Right. Or not complaining, but sort of going, uh, in a dog whistle style, um, has taking the knee, right. has its time come? In, in, yeah, eluding as much as possible. Eluding. And Sam Sam actually was quite diplomatic about it. Yeah. So I don't feel that Sam Allardyce is as conservative, maybe, as some people would paint him. But I don't think he gives it, the, like you said, the emphasis mm. that Southgate gave it. And therefore, the perception is different. Because he doesn't lean into it, he's not seen as the progressive type. But I do think he is the silent town sheriff that lets people protest. Right. That's Does that make sense? Yeah. He doesn't arrest anyone, but mm. also he doesn't stand on the line with them. That's true. And I think he sort of goes, it's your individual liberty, son. You can do as you wish. Yeah. But I won't stand in your way. So I'm just saying again, I don't think he's as backwards yeah, as we yeah, think yeah. maybe sometimes. I, I think also if, like for the odd... The odd scandal here and there, they would have dealt... I do wonder sometimes if, if actually we'd be in the same spot, but that it would have been dealt with with very, very different styles. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think one of Southgate's greatest kind of gifts as a manager is the ability to navigate those difficult conversations and questions. But whereas he's open Allardyce to would have, Yes, whereas Allardyce would have sort of palmed it off in a, in a different way. Absolutely. Now, does that turn ugly at some point? I actually think it probably does. Yeah. Because as much as you when we talk about the style of play that he would have offered okay. again again it can go two ways mm-hmm. because cause being conservative as a as a manager is of use in international football and the ability to just get that little spark out of players again is of use in international football which were the strengths that Allardyce had so then th- that's that's my thing is also very often on the pitch because someone is conservative on the field people therefore think their personality is somehow conservative off the field as well now I don't know what he, mm. way he votes and I don't need to debate that yeah. but and that doesn't make you a good person and or it doesn't a bad make person. you a good person or a bad person um so <laughs> no but what i mean by that is too often do people go well he is this kind of person so therefore he will play this kind of football yeah. uh, and that's more of the performative element and i think sam allardyce is actually quite aware of the performative element of being a manager do you think he would have the nuance to survive as england manager i to to, to still be in the job now no my gut says no yeah. but i don't think that is necessarily the reason that he would have left also, what if he just rides it out? Like how, the, how the sting. Uh, so that was part of what I wanted to ask you. What is the ripple effect of them not backing him or them sort of going, yeah, 
but he's England manager now. So and sort of he's only one game in. Like <laughs> he's only had a game, yeah. and we won it one nil against Slovakia. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we, we'll we'll have a look at that uh, yeah. in a second because we can look at the starting lineups and an incredible ripple effect that would have occurred when we look at the bench uh, of, of yeah, a player that I just couldn't believe it. I've got him. that. I've got that team up. Have you? Here okay, as well. Yeah. Here, so we've well we've both got them. Yeah. Um, what yeah. I do think, if he does do well, and he sort of. Yeah, rides it out a little bit. I think the problem we had is again, and uh, I'm pleased. I'm pleased I've put the landscape out there. Well done, James. Mm. Is because the reason I think that's important is because I think there is such sort of anger ready to go at the time because we hadn't had the semi final in 2018. We hadn't sure. had the final. There was, there was so little credit in the bank for anyone involved with it. If they weren't strong enough now, they kind of had to show something. Is he seen as an untouchable bad boy if he does uh, not? If he does get through that, is he seen as he he the England manager somehow always seems quite subject to people's public opinion? Yeah. If Sam Allardyce rides that out, he is the opposite of that. It is yeah. like you tried to get rid of me, you came for the king, and you missed the shot. All right, <laughs> and that's the way that it's portrayed. Up because he was, um, I remember he was part of that like little the Frank Sinatra. You know, like there was this group of men who. It's similar to, you know, in Vegas, there's the whole thing of, well, if you shook the hand of Frank Sinatra, then you... It's, oh, well, if you shook the hand of Sir Alex Ferguson, you sure. are. And he was one of that group. It yeah. was him, uh, Steve McLaren. Um, you, or, that's one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> he, 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 him, Steve McLaren, all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, those guys all had a bit of a clique like against the Benitez types. Yes. You know? And for some weird reason, it was a lot of English people against a lot of foreign people, or a lot of British people against a lot of foreign people. By the but, by. But the point is, he was one of those guys, and therefore, he could embody that same demeanour of Sir Alex Ferguson felt untouchable. Mm. It was like, go on, man, go for me and see what happens. I think that Sam Allardyce was primed and ready to become that. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's it. He'd been looking for that moment, that opportunity to have the best players. The crowning moment. And, and that is the sad thing about it is that you'll never never know the truth. Because I generally I'm not big on going, oh, that player, that manager couldn't do it at a, 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 a good side. I don't really like it. But it's an easy pigeonhole for people to, to have. And especially if they are conservative, like Tony Pulis would get that a lot. And I think there probably is truth in that. I think Allardyce had enough wiggle room to kind of ha possibly have a balance that would have worked quite well. But you, you sent me a profile of um, Sam Allardyce's uh, formation, which yes. I sort of devoured the other night. Yeah. And you remember that Bolton team, right? And I'll just run through a couple yeah, of names yeah, just yeah, to yeah. Uh, give a few people. You see Eskalainen. Uh, not not the most uh, not the most backwards goalkeeper actually more of a sweeper keeper so sure. kind of progressive in a footballing sense um, he had Ben Haim or uh, yeah he had Ben mm. Haim or uh, and then he had Gardner at, like that left back and yeah. then Hunt at right back and one of them was a bit more progressed than the other there Gardner was a bit of forward, bombing on. although that was very normal at that time like Liverpool had John Arnaresa and you know Steve Finnan was around at those kind of it wasn't like that was unusual yeah. it's not like you know Trent Alexander Arnold and um, Andy Robertson are just modern full Backs. They were people were always progressing at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and do you know what? You're right. He does get he gets put along when we've done it. I've done it. Yeah. He gets put with Pulis. Yeah. And actually, Pulis, Pulis, used, your fullback stayed back, mm -hmm. and he used to call it the box. Your mm -hmm. two centre midfielders would stay in the box, which was obviously the middle third. Yeah. And you'd stay there. You yeah. would not come out of that. And that's <laughs> Glenn Whelan got a decade out of that. Um, I'm not going to go Glenn Williams, but he just didn't have the running. But yeah, so, but whereas, you know, the J, um, I imagine JJ Okocha's on there. Is, is Jorkoff on there? Uh, Jorkoff is on the left for them. And then you've obviously got uh, the, the, in the midfield that was so key. But I think what led to the perception of Allardyce being more conservative 
was these conservative type players. Campo. Campo was, he sat so deep in the game and would, but he wasn't conservative himself. He was, there were times where he marauded forward. There were times he was great free kick taker. He was technically so good. And that was also, again, a style of the time that, of course, you'd have Gravison, uh, you know, Makaleli, Didi Haman. These were other players that other managers used and are not seen as nearly as conservative as Sam Allardyce. Then you've got Gary Speed and, and Nolan and then Kevin Davies and Nicholas and Elkrot front. Yeah. Some of those names are really progressive. Some of them are really defensive. And weirdly, when I look at that Bolton team, maybe I'm jumping a few steps ahead here, there's kind of could play international football because yeah. they sit deep. And they've got some really good talent that relies on the talent of that player to counterattack. And that kind of seems like what an England manager slash international manager needs to do is like, look, lads, we've got a simple system here that we can play that you might see as conservative. But I'm going to let the talented guys do what they need to do, which is the exact complaint that people have against Gareth Southgate. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the one game he was managing for, of course, was uh, against Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah. Big game. Uh, and Big game. What tactically, just for a second, I, I do think with all those players, there was a case of, because you can kind of boil it down a little bit. And I think, I think in 2023, you can't just hit it long and get away with that anymore. No. Maybe, maybe you can, I don't know. Um, but in that game, they sort of scored right at the death. As Lallana, yeah. Yes. So if you read the article of that game on BBC Sport, the wording is amazing. Mm. They talk about how, you know, the England team is at an all-time low. The word, well, there's words like rehabilitation, mm. the wreckage of, of uh, Euro 16. So he was, it was a different, difficult time for him. Yeah. One ripple effect would uh, would definitely have occurred, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there would have been a lot of players that actually would have missed out on England caps. If you think of what Gareth Southgate's done, he's brought in so many youngsters. Yeah. But in terms of players who would have got a game, Mikel Antonio, he's on, on the, the bench. bench. Yeah, right. He's on the bench in this qualifier, doesn't mm-hmm. get on. Um, but of course, as time pressed on, I mean, he is an Allardyce striker, absolutely no doubt. I'm and, sure of and that. And he would have... You know, he would have played for England and therefore not have, have um, played for Jamaica instead. Sure. <laughs> what a ripple effect of Jamaica, by the way. I know. I mean, yeah. Um, it, the subs he did use, I quite like, weirdly, well, that, yeah. for that time. So Deli Alley, Theo Walcott and Daniel Sturridge. Three quite progressive... Um, you know, what I would con- Daniel Sturridge, I would consider very progressive. Theo Walker, I consider a really good ball carrier. And Deli Ali. Yeah, but I think that, that investment in youth was very clear with Southgate. Yeah. I don't think you get that with Allardyce. I think Mark Noble gets a cap here. Sure. I think Troy Deeney's, when he's having a good spell, gets a cap here. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think those kind of get guys get that opportunity. Can you do jobs for the lads, though? If you like, do you think he's as jobs for the ladsy? And because I, I don't think it's just really a preference for men over boys, I think. It's definitely that. I mean, if you listen to his profile actually on Ben Foster's podcast where he where Mark Nolan talks about him. Mark Nolan? Yeah. Mark Noble. Noble, sorry. Yeah. Mark Noble talks to him. Uh, Christopher. Yeah. Christopher Nolan's a uh, movie director. Um, and talk to him. And he talks about how Sam Allardyce had a culture at West Ham where he, if you did well, will give you three, four days off and then come yeah. back in and go, brilliant, you're back in. Let's get going here, lads. But if you lost... Next day in, 6.30, you know, we're doing tape, we're watching that. And then he'd sit down with next to your lunch and go, oh, you had a shocker yesterday, didn't you, lad? <laughs> that isn't necessarily progressive in terms of the off-the-field culture 
so would England still have been that kind of jobs for the Boise type sort of, you know, would a player who needs a bit of an arm around them have made it into the England squad like a Saka or someone like that? The perception is that Saka needs an arm around. I'm not saying yeah, that's yeah, necessarily yeah, true, but I don't know, Mason you, Mount right now. Yeah. And, and Saka had the support, should we say, when something bad happened to, for him from Gareth Southgate. <laughs> how does he, how, what's the ripple effect of, I tell you, what, we'll, we'll go to an ad break then. I want to hear uh, Lawrence's thoughts on how would Sam Allardyce have reacted to that penalty shootout loss? What would have been his comments? Stay with us. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The legends are true. With overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right, love. Uh, so how does Sam deal with it? I think he's, been, like you just uh, alluded to there, I think he just goes, well, he should have scored him, shouldn't they? He goes, oh, <laughs> you didn't put it the right way there, did you, son? Didn't put it the right way there. No, no, no. no. I, think he would sh- I think he would look to shirk the blame. I think, obviously, there was wider problems mm-hmm. that, uh, that emanated from that on Twitter, which were all obviously abhorrent, and he would have aligned himself uh, with the fact that, you know, there was that. But uh, I do think he kind of would have moved on. It would have been interesting if he would have made those calls to change those penalty um, penalty takers and actually looking at Euro 2000 when I was mm. sort of putting forward a, a team for Qatar the reason I put forward a team for Qatar was because when I looked at um, Euro, two, Euro 2020 but it was obviously 2021 mm-hmm. I don't think it, there's that many changes to his team to, to Gareth Southgate's team you know? I, so that's exactly what I was thinking mm. yeah I, I don't know how many personnel changes you can justify also because of the form of a lot of these players. The, so the team that I had for Qatar mm-hmm. was a little bit different. Now, I think the back four probably survives. Uh, I think, I don't think Joe, uh, I think Pope's in goal. You Over don't Pick. think Pickford's? Uh, I think he goes with Pope. I think he wants that size. Interesting. Okay. Maybe Ramsdale because he does look a bit like Jaskalainen. W- <laughs> but also Ramsdale is, see, I think, I do think he's progressive in that area. I don't think he just goes for size or whatever it is. I think Sam Allardyce kind of Oh, wants he to does be- go for size. He, there's certain areas where, so, okay. 
I'll go through my team and then you tell me if you disagree. Sure. Or not. Sorry, I've sort of cut you off. No, it's okay. So, uh, so generally, you would go with a, a, a sort of a four, a four-one, 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 four-one. Yeah. Uh, or it could also be a sort of a four-three-three when we kind of looked at different teams. Obviously, it was at Everton at Crystal Palace. Another ripple effect there is if he doesn't get the sack, then do Everton go down? Do Crystal no. Palace go down? No. Do West Brom stay up? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So okay. all those things still happen. Good, good to know. Yeah. Right, they're dead in the water. That's fine. Yeah. So. The team I had was for for Qatar. I think you maybe on that left hand side you've got Dan Byrne <laughs> instead of instead of Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. But again, it, again, I think you make a really good point with the Bolton team mm-hmm. because he might go down that route and just ha- route and go, have that little bit of fun. But I think it, I've got a bit of flair later on. There's one massive change I think Allardyce makes. Wow. Because I think he wants to get in a that target man, that Kevin Davies. So. That you've got Ramsdale. I think it could be Ramsdale. Could be Pope in goal. We've got Dan Burn as an option at left back. I think Maguire stays. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Because also set pieces. And I think Stones Stones stays too because he's he's got the size, but he's good on the on the ball. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone else who's big enough to kind of oust either of those guys. Really, would Dan Burn possibly start at centre back? Possibly, yeah. I think that that is up for grabs. I think generally the back four probably stays the same. I think he still likes Kyle, Kyle Walker, likes the safety that he provides in terms of the pace that he has. Maybe likes Trent a little bit. Does Danny Rose have a slightly different career? If Sam Allard, what I'm saying with this is, um, you know, there, are, there was a concentration of left and right backs at that time. Maybe Gareth Southgate was at the time saying to a couple of England players, I need you to get a move in order for you to play in order to do this. So just go with me on this one, right? Danny Rose starts as the left back in that game, right? And at the time, I get the feeling that he's feeling the pressure as to A, not being in the starting 11, right? And it's true, he's not in the starting 11 at that point. Yeah. He's gone, he has the, the come to uh, Jesus moment with uh, Jose Mourinho, where Mourinho sort of goes, you know, and they have that. <laughs> Melancholed. Yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> and, but he's desperate for a move, right? And he doesn't get it in the end. If, you know, if Big Sam is just going, look, you're my guy. Yeah. Maybe that changes people like that's career. I do think he has his favourites. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If Danny Rose is one of those people and it's not just, listen, mate, I can't justify putting you in the side here because yeah. you're not playing. He just goes, well, Danny Rose is my left back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is, is that... I, I think there is some of that. I think he would deal with the Maguire heat, again, differently, but well. He probably, yeah, like he'd probably deal with it in a completely uh, more, I think it'd be more head on. Yes. Even more head That's on. it. That's be much it. more like, he's my guy. Yeah. Why are you guys even... Que-? And I don't even think the press question him in the same way. So I don't think these videos get made about him on YouTube. I don't think there's the same level of disrespect that Gareth Southgate gets. I think there's not as many questions asked about him. Or when there are questions, I think he's quite dismissive about it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you questioning yeah, me for? Yeah, yeah. You know? And you kind of go, well, he is what he is. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah. So we'll all come. Again, it, there are some universal truths when we talk about these ripple effects. And I think Southgate or Allardyce, it comes down to the results. Yes. And, and if he'd done all right, he would have, he probably comes, he probably becomes bulletproof quicker. That's yes. the one thing. I think he's instantly bulletproof. Yeah. Which is partly why this was one of the only ways that you could get take him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It had to be above, yeah, it had to be above the, the Can't results. Can't be a footballing thing. Because also I think there was an unknowable quality and a slightly mysterious sort of like, ooh, he's he's going to get to take the brakes off here. Yeah. How how fast can Sam Allardyce go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Let's see. This this was a, England Buckle would up. become a soapbox racer. It was like, 
if this guy's going to go down the hill so fast <laughs> yeah. and it's going to look so good. And there'll be some bumps. Yeah. And, <laughs> but as long as it keeps part, running. Yeah. yeah, yeah as long as the cart keeps moving and the people are relatively uninjured, we're good. Yeah. Uh, so the team going into Qatar, I think the back four is the same. I think mm-hmm. Declan Rice is the guy who sits there. He's West Ham. Here's where, here's where it changes for me. I think James Ward-Prowse is in that team. I can see I that. for the set pieces, being box to box, um, free kicks outside of the box could be Lallana super useful Lana started well. in that first game for Sam Allardyce as well. There's an equivalency between Lana and James Ward-Prowse, both like a 360 England kind of guy. And ultimately, percentages. He's so, like, I, I remember talking to Jack Collison about him and he was saying, he basically said in team meetings, look, if we play this pass here and win this amount of aerial duels, we'll score this amount of goals. And... So someone like James Ward-Prowse is just too salivating for Sam Allardyce to not have in the team, and he'll just do a job otherwise. Do you know what else I'd say with that? Just to add to your percentages thing or whatever it is, analytics in the last few games, or in the last few years, sorry, have gotten so much better. Mm. If Sam Allardyce was already leaning into analytics and analytics were telling him, play the ball here, do this there, and analysis had gotten so much deeper, and the FA was going to back him anyway, right? In the same way as the FA is back Gareth Southgate. I'd imagine that with all these new models that people are making, the conclusions that Allardyce can come to are so much more complex or so much more uh, nuanced that he can his management therefore gets better, if that makes sense. What would have been interesting was, because I think his club management, and again, it's the cards you're dealt sometimes, but they may that maybe made the way that he played very set in stone because it, that was his best percentage chance exactly. of, of getting what he wanted. Pragmatic. I still think he would have utilised some of those elements. And that's mm-hmm. why I think... It, I don't think he can stay away from Grealish. I think he's got to have Grealish in that team. He's your JJ Okocha. Mm-hmm. Um, he's your Jokaev, actually. Yeah. I think he's more of a Jokaev because maybe there's someone a little bit more creative. I think maybe Deli Ali might have a moment in the sun. Well, or... so this is the change I think that occurs. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to have your Kevin Nolan. And your Kevin but... Nolan is Harry Kane. Right. Because so what... you've got to have your target Deeper. man. Uh, yeah. So he, he actually, So if anything, Harry Kane transitions to the role he's in now even earlier. Yeah. And so he's kind of, is he a forward? Is he a midfielder? Is he getting involved? Is he not? Is he, but the, it's all around the orbit of the target man. Mm. And I think that target man is Ivan Tony. I can't see how Ivan Tony wow. is not starting for England at 2023. I love because that. Because he's so, he's, he's like, he's such a great version of Kevin Davies. And he's, uh, if anything, he's a, he's a slightly ab- adapted build on the past version yeah. of that as well. He's and slightly taller, slightly, he's got the physicality. Harry Kane is the Nolan, you've mm-hmm. got that Nouse there. Um, is that 10 players or 11 players? I think it's, it might be 10 because I've got my three in midfield. I've got, yeah, I've got one player. So maybe Saka plays as your right winger or Sterling or whoever he wants. On Saka's that right only side. had a relatively recent emergence. So I do think Sterling would yeah, probably stuck be with in him. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... I don't think Sam Allardyce is so wedded to the players that he keeps them forever. I think maybe Jared Bowen sneaks in there as well. You just are you just going with because I don't think he's as afraid to put people in outside of form. If that makes sense, I don't think it's just form that Sam Allardyce plays them. No, on. I think it's function. Yeah, and that's why I mean Ivan Tony I think deserves to be in there regardless. But and Rashford maybe with his form as well he might kind of chuck him in. I think he'll have some fun with it. Sure. I do think those there's certain elements that that remain if he if he's still here. I also think there's a slightly more obvious England identity that we are still slightly ambiguous as to what it is that we think England are under Gareth Southgate. That's true. Whereas with Sam Allardyce it seems at least a lot more obvious and I think there's a much more tangible nature to what Allardyce does. So people go, "Oh, well you can see they're trying it." 
they're trying. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Well, that was one of my questions. Is there a ripple effect of England being left behind? Um, because this idea of Dan Ashworth, uh, is it Dan Ashworth? I think it is, 2022, the DNA, all that stuff. You know, Allardyce is Allardyce. Like, would he have sort of gone away from that? Would Would England have been left behind? Or... Do we actually look at France, who have some really good technical players, but they'll still have Giroud up there because it kind of works? But would would they have been left behind? He's quite modern, isn't he, Giroud, in a sense? Or is he... I think it's coming back round a little bit, and maybe right. that's just football broadly. But like, it, for, in terms of that tippy-tappy, like you were talking about what you know, what is Southgate and what is his style, his style's actually not a million miles away from from Sam Allardyce. It's just the packaging of it a lot of the time. That's what I found and really maybe interesting. Maybe the gung-ho nature of it. Maybe there would have been a few more. I think also with someone like Sam Allardyce, he's slightly less respectful of opposition. So there's a bit more of this. Old, it goes back to the old, oh, you know, we're out on the crusades again and things like that. Like, that's totally fine for some people. <laughs> and and that sort of thing comes back that with a vengeance because we're Sam Allardyce's army sort of thing. Let's get to those results then. What's the ripple effect of Sam Allardyce staying in the in the job? Twenty eighteen. How does that go? I, maybe England make it one more stage to the final. Yeah, he gets to the final. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think England is slightly shrewder, slightly more not cunning, but we're just a bit more battle hardened right. under Sam Allardyce. And maybe I think England felt a bit naive then. Sam Allardyce feels, in to me, like someone who's a bit more like, give him a kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, well, we were obviously in the lead of that game, yeah. so maybe the game management is that little bit better. That's something Slightly. that has been put uh, against Gareth Southgate at times. And I also think the players probably have a, a figure that they can rally behind in a different way. Yeah, that's true. Footballing wise, and I think he can do that. It, I mean, it's not none of this is me doubting Southgate. By the way, I'm sure no. that you know Southgate's good in his own right, but. Let's just have the fun with Allardyce. Yeah, what what I do like is obviously the, it was the car, not the cardigan, the waistcoat for yeah. for Southgate. The mega pint becomes famous, doesn't it? If it if it the starts to go well, you get a couple of wins. Absolutely. Uh, so I was thinking a guaranteed ripple effect is that Keith Allen's "We All Dream of a Mega Pint of Wine" becomes the England anthem <laughs> and yeah. a fan's favourite for the summer. I love be that. it twenty eighteen or or uh, or or. What was it, 2021? And there's also, I feel like there's like a feminized version for the wife. Chardonnay. Sort of like a, char- a pint of Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, yeah, spritz, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's a white wine. Sp- it's oh, a we wi- all dream of a white wine spritzer. A white wine, a pint of white wine <laughs> spritzer. <laughs> With like, there'll be ice in it and like, you know what I mean? And that's how slice that works. Slice of lime. Yeah, slice of lime, maybe a bit of lemon, maybe a raspberry thrown in there. And that Sam Allardyce's legacy is these are the Allardyce drinks. They're Allardyce cocktails. Yeah. Do you, do you think... Uh, and some pork scratchings. My last thing, and again, I'm sort of, again, leaning into stereotypes here, but I do think they sort of, they can... I think Southgate, rightly or wrongly, and, and it winds people up, I think he emanates a compassion and a kindness and an understanding mm-hmm. it, on whatever it is, win or lose. And actually, that's another ripple effect. Southgate, what's again, what I find amazing about this one is that so much occurs and it looks so different, but actually a lot is the same. So mm. I think, I actually think we do the same in 2018. I think we do wow. the same in Euro 21 and we may even sneak the penalties, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I think it's all very, very similar, actually. But, uh, but, even, but one thing that doesn't occur, Gareth Southgate 
Gareth Southgate's overall status, mm-hmm. which is the redemption of washing away the penalties. He does get that and he has had that, but he's also lost <laughs> and he's not got, yeah. he's not totally got over the line. So he's not totally, repri- you know, washed it away. He's the nearly man in that. So in that without thing. all of that, mm-hmm. I think Southgate actually, his um, status as a human being and how he feels because of his kindness, <laughs> compassion and understanding. But with the fact that with him being in the job, it still hasn't totally been resolved. Mm-hmm. means that it, even Gareth Southgate is exactly the same person. Where he would have been. Yeah. As, oh, a, as yeah. a soul. As a soul, I think that there is actually, it comes full circle and he's kind of still the same person as he was. Do you know what I think there's the possibility of with Gareth Southgate is that he is a great number two somewhere. And I think we've overlooked that as we're just seeing them in their only roles. And Aldice is too good to be a number two somewhere else. He's too, yeah. in his own ego. He's too, too intimidating. He's too intimidating. Yeah. Southgate, there's a bit more of a McLaren about him where you could see him going somewhere else. The fact that Mikel Arteta was seen as the arm around the shoulder at Man City, maybe you could see Southgate in a similar role there. Director of football at Villa. Right. Middlesbrough, something like that. I, as well. No, he's not senior enough to be a director of football. He <laughs> no, doesn't no. have the authority. Yeah, he yeah, has yeah. to be below someone there has to be that with Gareth Southgate there is this subjugation that Gareth Southgate is subject to that I think we can't not acknowledge final question Mm -hmm. final possible ripple effect Um, what is the feeling of England fans towards the national team I'm not sure that we're as unified I'm not sure as unified I think England fans will always be splintered in some way because there are these there are different sects. Sure. Right? Um, I, I don't think we're as unified in terms of the um, the overall message, should we put it that way? And Or at least I don't think that's as publicly facing. I think there's still a bit more of this, like, in-group if Allardyce is there. There's still more of a, like, us-against-the-world type of thing. Mm. And I don't think that's necessarily been cultivated in the same way by a Gareth Southgate, should we say. Do you, do you agree with that? I think, again, I think you've been, I think you've been cor- correctly kind on on Allardyce, um, but I can't really run away from the stereotypes that he provides, and I think it gives, I think if he's still in the job, it allows certain uh, that's a certain sect mm-hmm. to thrive, Metastasize. yeah, mm-hmm. to thrive, N- not not because not with the sort of um, backing of Allardyce mm-hmm. it's completely aside from it but I think um, Allardyce and, and Pulis again to pair them up for a second they've kind of been put away now um, and I think at that time people were looking to for them to be put away mm. and it was now it's time for Eddie Howe but it was at a time where there were still people sort of fighting on their angle of how they watch uh, and feel football should be I see that and I think Southgate has allowed the others to to progress, mm-hmm. and for for those guys to sort of go to the wayside, and probably not the actions of Allardyce, but probably what occurred to him. And you know, there was the there was the Pardews, there was that Hodgson, it was that whole group stable, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I think if he thrives, then that 
some of the ideas of England and that culture maybe I completely agree. a little yeah. bit. Maybe I can understand bit. that. I also wonder whether the idea of those things progress because he gives those things a more positive spin. So because England are winning, maybe there is, I don't know, maybe maybe people get empowered in a different way, but you kind of would like to think that if, weirdly, like if the football feels progressive, weirdly people feel more open-minded to be progressive or change yeah, in yeah, some yeah. sense. So if Sam Lass is playing what we consider to be English football, but there is more progression in other ways. Maybe those two things like go hand in hand yeah. and because of his personality and because maybe he's given the latitude because he might be given the latitude to change. There are other middle-aged men who are sort of put in a box that may also yeah. be like, well, maybe I'm also a bit different. Maybe I might wear that flowery shirt. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> to the yeah, barbecue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, th- I think th- you know the, the greatest thing that Southgate has done, apart from sort of little micro moments, if we're staying away from winning the trophy or not winning the trophy is the tactics of which he employed in the lead up to 2018. I yeah. think that was a very brave, open way of behaving. And I think for the silent majority of football fans, I think that opened the floodgates of us being able to understand and humanise that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- uh, you know, I wonder if we stay in a more sort of caricature state of mind if if it's Allardyce. I see that. I also wonder, because the world was changing around him, whether the, the sting was always in the post, whether it was always in the mail. And actually, the, the, the ripple effect of the sting happening then is that it doesn't happen at a, a time when it was closer to when we actually did need him. Yeah. So the ripple effect of it being so soon is almost a good ripple. We don't We don't want it to be two weeks before a World Cup when a paper sat on it for two years yeah. or however long, yeah, and then yeah. gone, oh, by the way, yes, what are you doing now then? I think they broke it very early on. For the best. For the best, yeah. It was good that we knew when we found out. I'm glad we didn't find out two years into going, nice, no, brilliant, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, ah, uh, bombshell uh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Storyline, and that comes in. I think that's good in a way mm. that we've never had to face a, a moral decision of do we care about the football or the money because it was one game a late winner you know yeah we could have had two years of us going oh my god we're Sam Allardyce's balmy army <laughs> and now we're suddenly Sam Allardyce's alarmed army <laughs> Alarmy army. <laughs> so, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, final question for you. I, I, I don't think we do win a trophy or, or get, you know, get over the line with Sam Allardyce. Do you think that we do? Just quickly. In my gut, no. But weirdly, I can visualise it. Can't you? I do feel like that summer when we had games in England at Wembley, mm-hmm. there would have been something really fun. There would like, have just been something yeah. a bit, and it would have been a bit... Do you know what I think we would have done? Would have been was, a carry on, wouldn't it? it would have been, there would have been a very... I think Barbara Windsor would have been all the games. Um, God rest her soul. But the, all these kind of things. I think it would have been like that. I also think there was a sense of national pride that came with Italy at that point, which maybe would have been matched in a different way. Yes. Because we, Gareth Southgate, and I mean this in the nicest may, way, made England quite reflective. Mm. Maybe Sam would have just kept it a little bit longer until we reflected. Maybe there would have just been this slight, you know what, kick that can down the road of that reflection sort of thing. And I'm not saying that in a dismissive sense. I think the reflection was great. And I think we needed that. But you get what I mean. There would have been a bit. I think Allardyce enjoys who he is more. Mm -hmm. And that's the lovely trait. Right. and And I think it might have been one of those where we would have gone, let's go get some fish and chips, shall we? Yeah, right. It just would have been... 
and that's something because I think we struggle now, or there is now a problem with the idea of what is Englishness, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of bad, you know, connotations with that. And I think we're just slowly getting there. And I think Southgate's done a lot of good, but it would have been interesting, I guess. You, you to hope, have seen it. yeah, you hope it would have been progressive, and that it, maybe it would have gone hand in hand with his naughty, almost like <laughs> subversive nature. <laughs> that's a great word for it. Would have gone with our sort of like, yeah, but we're progressing things over here. So, like, what I would say is it was amazing what Gareth Southgate did and I really applaud him for that. I think that's fantastic. Sometimes I wonder if we needed it and whether we could have done that ourselves and whether Sam Allardyce's role just would have been different but separate to ours and therefore we could have progressed things like that on our own and gone and everyone would have got there. That's separate to football sort of thing. I I think we needed him because I think he's, I think Southgate, and he will never get the plaudits for this, is gently held a lot of people's hands through. I wonder what you thought he was going to hold there. That was, yeah. <laughs> He's what held you your hand to go, no, 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 this is the, like, and that's so hard when yeah. it's such a tightrope that he, again, he will never get the true plaudits for, but I think without him, I don't think we've progressed as far. As I'm just asking liked. questions, mate. I'm just and asking angle. questions. Angles, angles, angles. It's just angles. Isn't that it? is the ripple effect. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence, thank you so much. Um, for those of you who don't know, Lawrence McKenna, has a YouTube channel. It's wonderful. It's very interesting. Thanks. You'll get every angle you need on there. So go check it out. Um, if you are new to this podcast, if you enjoyed yourself, check out the other ones. Of course, follow and uh, give us a five-star rating. We're trying to get right to the top of the charts. We've done quite well so far. So thank you to everyone who ha- has. But if you do want to support this podcast, it would mean the world. Thanks for listening. Lawrence, you want to have a final word? Well, thanks for listening. I think you've done a great job, James. Well done. <laughs> Cheers. I just did it. Go on, do it again. Oh, no, thanks. Yeah.